Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This September series of podcasts is sponsored by Sweetwater, who, for the month of September, are rolling out incredible exclusives. Like Fender Custom Shop GT11 Strats and Tellies at the Walrus Deep Six Voyager Combo Pedal, plus major deals on coveted gear like the way huge Havelina Fuzz at a super low price while supplies last. And that's not all. September is Guitar Month and it's absolutely packed with mind-blowing giveaways, 48-month interest-free financing on many great brands and plenty of price drops, instant rebates and limited-time offers that you won't want to miss out on. Did I mention that Sweetwater is now a Guinness World Record title holder? To find out more, go to sweetwater.com, stop by their YouTube, or listen to the rest of this podcast series. And welcome to the Friday Special Series, a podcast by Guitar Nerds, hosted by me, Joe Branton, and the resident Guitar Nerds pedal expert, Matt Knight. Good evening. Every week on this podcast, uh, we uh, we include a guest from the world of pedals, and this week we're lucky enough to have Josh Scott from JHS Pedals and the JHS Show on YouTube here with us on the show. Hello, Josh. Hello, good to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for, for coming on. Now, uh, this this series is sponsored by Sweetwater, and there's a good reason for that. It's September, which means it's Guitar Month, and Sweetwater have obviously taken this year rather seriously, going after the Guinness World Record for the largest functional pedal board featuring over 300 individual stomp boxes. So who better to talk about that with than the pedal maker who other pedal makers claim owns the most effects pedals? Ah... Uh. I've heard this too. I don't yeah, know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, see. well one, we had one... we had Brian Wumper on here a couple of weeks ago and he was more or less claiming that you owned roughly one of everything. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm <laughs> in my office now and a couple couple thousand probably. Yeah, it's pretty wild. A couple See, of thousand in This is the thing, Joe, every week you're like resident pedal expert and it's like until we get a guest on and having known Josh for a couple of years now, um I would absolutely no way test my knowledge against this man <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know this that currently this man's website is him reading a book about electronics so uh <laughs> yeah yeah one day i'll have uh that, we were supposed to have that done by the summer but uh you know we're just not in a hurry we 
we've rather enjoyed not having our website up. Letting people <laughs> buy from dealers. That's great. Yeah, but that you'd be able to test if it actually makes any difference to uh, to sales. Just having you reading yeah. from a massive book about electronics. Maybe you should just upload more videos of that. Maybe longer cuts. I've thought about that. Just different books, like bedtime stories, stuff like I'm- that. I'm totally yeah. into this. This is a this yeah. is a, a great idea. Now, I guess uh, you know, first of all, you you and Matt met, I guess, from when you guys did the the collaboration pedal, the Boss and the JH pedal. Yeah, yeah. Did we meet before that? I, I it might have been just a collab, but I feel like I've known you longer. I know. I think it was that. I think it was my first Winter Nam. So that was yeah, January 2017. Um. That was the first time and then plenty of times after that. And obviously then you came to the anniversary event that we did in London in yeah. September, um, which I get reminded of every day because we have a giant TV in the office that plays photos from uh, various events and pictures of us and Yoshi come up on the TV every day. That's awesome. <laughs> so I feel like you're in my office most days. That's a good good place to be. Yeah, yeah. that's um, yeah, I guess I was. I don't know. I feel like I've known you a long time, but I, I mean, pedal years go fast. I mean, in this business, so <laughs> yeah, you meet so many people. So I guess to to crack things off, can we talk about the JHS Boss collaboration pedal? You guys seem like the two people we should probably do that with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, how how did how did it come about? Who who initiated it, Boss or JHS? Yeah, I think I think it was mostly me, but it's kind of a it's kind of a two-way story you know the moment i met yoshi so i had a friend who worked for roland in the 90s and for years i don't know the exact years but he knew yoshi and i was at summer nam 2015 or something way back and he said hey i want you to meet yoshi a boss and i was like absolutely because i you know i have the show now so people know i have a huge problem like i collect and i'm <laughs> like a you know i guess the pedal nerd stuff but i've always been a huge boss fan and collected them and studied history and read everything i could it's always really been fascinated with the brand so i was like yes i'd love to meet him and literally i met him at that nam and before the conversation was over I said to him, we should do something together someday. Just like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's like, I use the analogy, like this whole thing for me was like, you know, being like a play, like a, like a playground athlete and having some pro team ask you to join the team. It's how it's <laughs> you know? So I, it, but I always do that. I'm always like, Hey, all they can do is say no. So I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And you know, he just laughed. He didn't know me. And then we got to know each other. And he and Yoshi came by our booth every single name and he would hang out and talk. I think he, I don't know. I don't know what I've never actually asked him, but he's made some comments. Like, I guess he just liked the booth and you know, we're, we're, we were just quite different from boss and maybe it was interesting. I don't really know. But at one point um, I get an email from him. I think there was a couple people on that email. And it was like, hey, we're doing this anniversary thing, and I think it's the right time to do something with you. And I kept reading it like, did he really just say this? You know, like, <laughs> and that's how it was from my perspective. And we we met. That was right before a Nam, uh, an LA Winter Nam. And I remember I went over to the the whole like boss compound over there, and just met in the back office, and 
And they, you know, they were like, hey, what would you do if you were to do this? So I had a pitch of an idea and I took with me an old original, um, the a turbo, no, it was the dual overdrive that had the remote switch system in it. Like, uh, I think it's SD2. I took that, threw it on the table yeah. and I basically was like, we should do this a dual overdrive and whatever. And that's, that's literally how it started. And there was, you know, a bunch of back and forth and, and, but yeah, that's the story. I mean, it was kind of a, it wasn't really hard to do necessarily, which is, was, which is wild. It was really fun. And Yoshi's amazing, Matt, every, all the guys, all the boss guys have been a blast to work with. And yeah. Now, of course you, you started off by like your first things were to, to mod boss pedals. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's but, why it's so funny. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing place to be from when you were modding uh, pedals to start with. What so, did you did you take the first pedal that you ever the first boss pedal that you modded as you know to become uh, the 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 boss JHS co-op yeah, pedal? So, so when we had that meeting at Nam, and I was like, "Hey, we should do this like SD two thing because it had the remote switch, which inspired my red remote system that I use in a lot of my pedals." It's like we could do this, and you could switch between one or the other. And there was a lot of like, hmm, what should the two circuits be, right? That was like the first question is, okay, yeah, so maybe the JHS side is like the light gain and boss is the high gain. Or we went back and forth. And honestly, I think it took a couple months of back and forth. And I got an email from, I don't think it was Yoshi, but it was it was from the, the Japan uh, crew. And they were like, hey, we think we should do your Angry Charlie because it's really popular as the distortion and we'll do our blues driver. And I was like, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Cause the blues driver was the pedal I fixed. It was broken. I used to mod them. It was like my first thing in the pedal. So it was a really cool kind of tie back to, and they knew that too. And I think that was really fun. They kind of, that was one of the reasons I think they wanted to do the blues driver because part of my story is I got into pedals because of the blues driver. Yeah, of course. So that was kind of a cool high up there you know yeah what yeah what a fantastic what a fantastic thing to get to 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 yeah what a great tie back um and of course it it, it wasn't it wasn't your first collaboration either Uh, well no sorry i think it was your first collaboration it's not your only collaboration uh, it was my second i i did a, a a small run um well it was an actual release it was a we I don't remember how long we made it, but it was me and Robert Keeley did it. Oh, I thought that. I thought and the Keeley one happened after. That happened no, before. It was, right. it was before, but we didn't make a ton of them. And that was quite an experiment because, you know, we're both kind of in the smaller world. And then you have Boss is obviously this massive, you know, much bigger company than JHS sure. or Keeley. So that was, was very different. I mean, I think when Robert and I did that, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone actually collaborate in the boutique pedal world. And then it was really fun to see the boss angle because it was like, I, I don't know. To me, the collaborations just show this really healthy pedal community and I love yeah. them. I wish more people would do them. I think, um, I think what was interesting, uh, cause I was working in Anderton's, I think at the time when the steak and eggs was the, the collaboration, right? I think you, yeah. I, I don't think you as a brand in the UK had particularly taken off at that point. Um, and I think Keeley was moving away 
had moved quite far away from obviously having a lot of um, modded like pedals and was starting to come up with his own thing. And it kind of felt like the kickstart of when the pedal cabinet just sort of like exploded at Anderton's and then, yeah, there was all this sort of boutique stuff. And I mean, really, you've, yeah, you've kind of gone massively strength, strength at that from there because I think at that point you were still doing like custom orders, right? Like yeah, box that, pedals and stuff. That was, yeah, we were right on the end of being able to do that. We, we hadn't broke into the whole English scene like we are now. And, and really, so that would be, you know, the thing that did that for us was the angry Charlie slash the Andy Simmons signature. And that was, I give the credit of that whole kind of breakout to the pedal show guys. I mean, they, I think there was just an episode where they're like, oh, this is one of the best Marshall things we've ever heard. And I actually didn't see the episode. And I didn't know Andy Timmons, one of their favorite players, who's like an amazing player. He was using the Angry Church. There was all this stuff going on, and I was too busy to notice it. But I just kept noticing, why is this pedal selling so well? Like it was a pedal that had never sold well, the Angry Charlie. And all of that kept happening. And I think it was mainly Europe and South America. And it was just kind of this off the radar anomaly, like who's buying these pedals? Like no one's ever been, <laughs> I was like, I remember saying to my general manager, like no one's ever cared. Like I almost discontinued this pedal. That's a true story. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So you're at Anderton's and that steak and eggs is kind of right before that. So you have this, yeah, it's kind of a wild timeline of, and that's the pedal that got Boss's attention, wow. yeah. ultimately, because they wanted. They were like, that would be the best one to put in the collaboration, which is it's just really funny. I almost discontinued my most fortunate pedal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, it's it's pretty much. I think over here, more or less, anything um, that is mentioned on that pedal show uh, sort of instantly becomes <laughs> sold out in the UK. I it's, think um, it has that effect. And I think your show, Josh, has the opposite effect for old stuff because I'm pretty <laughs> sure every time you do an episode on something, like the price just triples on reverb instantly. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it actually um, does. I've had some real... Yeah, it's hard because I don't want that to happen, but it's like, I'm hoping it'll level out. Like the Behringer thing was bonkers. Yeah, uh, I did the What's the Deal with Behringer and... Sweetwater, Guitar Center, Musicians, Friends, Z-Zounds, all of Amazon, everybody sold out. It's like Sweetwater's still negative three or 400 on the FUD. Like, just crazy. And then, you know, I go and I talk about, and I didn't think about any of this. Like, this wasn't something I was like, this is going to happen. It's like, no way. So, you know, I talk, there was some, I talked about like the BBE pedals. No one has give, given a care about that pedal line ever. And they all sold on Reverb. It's just weird stuff like that. It's been, to me, it's kind of fun because a lot of these older pedals, especially some of the stuff that's not known and it is really cheap. I hate that people are buying them and trying to reflip them again. But yeah. I do, I do love knowing that there's some guys and girls that have these older pedals and they've been on Reverb for like six months. They suddenly just sell them all, and they're probably like, "What happened?" What, how did that happen? <laughs> I do. I do enjoy that. That's that's pretty fun. No, we we should we should talk about um your your YouTube channel uh, sure. as well because it's fantastic. It's a wonderful addition to uh, to the business. I mean, it's a fantastic way to have sort of a marketing arm as well. Just having such a great, heavily geeky 
insight into in, into pedal knowledge in in a way that you know is isn't really matched by anyone else on YouTube other than maybe that pedal show over here for just sort of level yeah. of insight. Thanks um, so much. No, no, it's 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 fantastic. It's where I get half my information on pedals now. But uh, <laughs> you've you've also just intru- you you've opened a, a Patreon account now for uh, yeah um, yeah. So there's a Patreon for the the JHS pedal show on YouTube. Um, yeah. to help you keep creating uh, this stuff and making more content which is uh, which is wicked yeah it's it's uh yeah what what aspect you may just talk about it or like anything well, you want to know in particular well I, yeah i mean i guess sort of um uh yeah because i i was i i with i don't think we have yet but we are going to sign guitar nerds up as a as a patron for the jhs pedal show that's super fan- cool so, of you so the the things you can get you get the uh you get the the shows um early on uh on the patreon as opposed to the youtube and it's going to mean that you can actually commission the sort of editing and making more shows does it mean that you're gonna make more and be able to spend more time on this arm of the business yeah so the concept just a little bit of background to you know to to make it easier to digest the whole thing is we started the show because this is true this is the black and white truth it's such a weird thing we just started hating demoing our pedals um it felt like when you go buy a used car and like the guy won't quit talking about himself or something it just felt like it got so annoying (laughs) from my perspective You'll love the rich, lush tone of your new JHS pedal. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. And and I just found myself, you know, we're about 70 episodes in, so we're about a year and a half every Thursday. So about three years ago, I was as burnt out as you could be in general. I mean, the company's really grown. I was traveling like crazy. I was trying to really find, like, find the passion for doing it all again. I love it. Like I never stopped loving making pedals and designing, but it got, it got personally a little difficult. Like I felt like I was in a hamster wheel kind of. Right. And we would be making some content and like, it seemed like nobody watched it. Nobody cared. And then I would get on Instagram and I would play, I would pull out like my Les Paul with a cool old pedal. Is this on Instagram? One minute clips. And I'd just jam on that pedal, play a Pearl Jam rip or something, and it would get like tens of thousands of views and comments galore. And we kept noticing this because I just kept doing that to break the boredom and just have fun because I enjoyed grabbing another brand pedal, looking at it, researching it. And I was doing that. I've always done that. And then I got to where um, I would be teaching these history classes at different places about electric guitar. So Sweetwater, I teach a university class. I've done a thing like called off the record where I go into a record store, set up a turntable, pull out old records, like an old Hendrix record or Pink Floyd, and then have the gear they used on the record on stage with me and like teach the history. That's so I'm very doing all cool. this. Yeah. And I, and I just fell in love with guitar again, the more I did it. And so we started the show legitimately just to teach the history. And we've never, you know, people have their opinions. I've seen a couple comments where people like, this guy's just marketing and fooling us. But I'm like, no, I actually like hate demoing my pedals. I, we had a real dilemma 
when it was like 50 episodes in, I decided to show one of my pedals. That feels really weird to say, because you guys are probably like, yeah, show your pedals. But I really didn't want to. And I've really enjoyed like preserving the history of these effects. I get to meet so many people. I mean, and and I get to talk to artists and and we've been able to travel and interview and, and capture these stories from the people's mouths. And like, that's the heart of the channel. So with the Patreon, um, you know, like I just went to New York. We were there for six days. We interviewed Mike Matthews on the history of electroharmonics, Howard Davis on the memory man. We talked to death by audio and that costs money. You know, that trips around six grand to pull off. If you've ever traveled, you get that. It's like, these are expensive to do. And so we're like, Hey, let's launch a Patreon and let's take this to the next level and produce more documentary style content within our show. So if you've seen the episode, like who is Ernie ball or who is Ranger? He's a Brit over you guys. If you've watched that one, uh, that's what we want to do more of that. And that stuff is expensive. I mean, we have to, I mean, if you put yourself in my shoes, it's funny. It's like, here I am a pedal builder with a company to promote, but I'm taking money to go promote another company. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like super funny. And that's the point of the Patreon is like, Hey, you guys have seen us do 70 something episodes. You know where we're at. Like we're legitimately loving this for the right reasons. If you want to be a part, jump on in and support it. That's kind of what it is. I think um, the thing that I, I really love and I, cause obviously as most people um, have been a, a boss fan, you know, since day one. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I've, I always loved, cause I remember going into a shop and uh, buying it, you know, month into playing guitar was the original boss book from Japan. I think it came out in the early two thousands and it told loads of the history and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the great thing about what your show is doing is, is kind of bringing that, the, the sort of pedal brand histories to life, like the one that you did on DOD recently and you know i just think there's like such a rich history to tell with like the designs and one thing i've always wanted is like to write a book about boss or actually like i've said it on the podcast before just like a, a full catalog of everything electroharmonics have ever done because yeah. i know boss have a lot of gear but electroharmonics like kick it out like nobody's business i mean they've <laughs> released a compressor every week for the last eight years haven't they? <laughs> It's bonkers. Yeah. And when I interviewed, yeah, you, I sat with him for two and a half hours and he's such a champ. We've gotten to know each other and he, we just went for it. two and a half hours of my pre-planned interview <laughs> to cover like the big muff, the origin of the company, company, the memory man, my Sobtech amps. Like it was so fun. And, and you're exactly right. Like I want to build those archives of information for everyone like I, because the internet what's so beautiful about youtube is like my kids kids will hopefully be able to pull up these videos like like we're talking way down the road they can't get lost like a book or you know what i'm saying and and, and to be able to interview like this is a problem i have as a researcher as somebody that's trying to find the stories almost everything on the internet's wrong and I mean, like, when you actually talk to Mike or when you actually talk to Ernie Ball's grandson or when you actually talk to the Macaris and talk about the tone bender, you realize, like, man, it's the game of telephone. Like, people have told this to this person and they changed it a little, told the other person. 
And by the time you see that forum thread, there's really some pretty big issues historically. So to me, I'm really passionate about like, let's tell these stories accurately before the people die. I know that sounds depressing, but <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. You know, everyone who invented anything amazing in the 60s and even the 70s, they're at the place where we're not going to have them much longer. And I think, you know, the first pedal is 62. And the guy that invented that pedal passed away in 2018. I never got to interview him. And that really sparked me like, oh, man, like, I got to talk to these people. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that's, that's what the Patreon really is about. And you're right in, in, the, in the sense that the pedal community is, is fantastic. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Close-knit, which I guess makes it, 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 it possible for you to do these interviews. You know, I mean, bringing it back yeah. to, as I think we should sort of talk about the, the Sweetwater massive pedal board, that, that was a, an incredible thing to get all those pedal brands together to collaborate on on putting the entire thing together and and also you know to to do things like you know you guys all went on um on the chasing tone podcast with brian Womper yeah. and we'll get to talk about it and I, I think it's 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 wonderful that it's such a uh it's i think you even spoke about it on that episode that it's such a community rather than rather than sort of rival rival brands as it were yeah i think guys like Man, the guys like Brian Wampler and Robert Keeley and, and Earthquaker, Jamie and Julie, and there's that could go on and on. It's just such a good community. And I think there's a I think it might be our kind of our age bracket. It's like a I think when you get to uh, Robert Keeley and Brian Wampler, they're right on the edge, but I I still put them in the younger crowd. I say that because they were building pedals way before me. Robert way before. So but I think there's a new attitude, like with the pedal builders that is, you know, it's, I, I think we wake up and go, hey, if my pedals aren't selling and I'm not doing well, it's not that guy's fault. It's because I'm not making good pedals, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, I think there's a community aspect of like, let's get behind each other, support each other and see the tide, the water rise and every boat's going to rise with it. 
And I think like the Sweetwater thing is, it's an awesome example. Like to get there with those guys, our only agenda was, can we make this stupid massive pedal board work? <laughs> and that's kind of a really good kind of example of stuff that goes on behind the scenes all the time. We're always helping each other out. It's totally normal to check the inbox one morning and have an email from a competitor that says, hey, how do you like this dealer? Are they good? And we go, yeah, they're great. Or no, don't use that dealer. You know, like we, we help so each sweet. other constantly. Uh, and the Sweetwater thing, it was just fun because rarely do you ever see that stuff, you know, the yeah, way that we were able to do it. Did you actually get one of everything, uh, the, everything in the JHS catalog onto the... Uh... More or less, we, you know, save, save I think the what, Yeah, what we did, what they did is they reached out to companies they carry. And I think we all basically sent them what we wanted to send them. We, I think we sent one of everything, for, except utility stuff. So we sent every main pedal. And some, some people sent less or more. But yeah, I think, that's, I think we did get one of everything. Yeah, pretty sure we did. Nice. Nice, and they're actually Sweetwater are giving away um, uh, all, or I, th I don't know if they're doing are they doing all of them or some of them. They're giving away, uh, you know, some of the the thirty odd boards that uh, that they made. Um, and listener, you can win them. You you just have to go onto Sweetwater.com forward slash giveaway. You only have a, a couple of days left to do that because it does finish at the end of September. But yeah, they're uh, yeah. they're yeah. they're doing that, which is pretty cool. Um, bringing it back to kind of JHS, uh, what was what was the first JHS pedal that wasn't um, a, you know, a, a mod. Yeah. Um, the first, yeah. So the, the first JHS pedal that wasn't a mod actually was a mod. So to, to clarify that I used to buy boss pedals and I would modify the parts and then and put a sticker on them or buy a Proco rat, modify the parts, put a sticker on it. Well, the very first pedals that I released as originals were my takes on classic things like as everyone learns you know the more i got into it i was like hey can i can i memorize the rat schematic and can i learn the circuit like actually know how it works can i look at a blues breaker like an old english martial blues breaker can i modify it can i know how it works and out of that kind of attitude i released what was called the all-american which was my take on the rat and so that was the one of the first. You know, what's funny is I argue with myself over what the first was because I didn't intend doing a company. I, and I didn't, like, I'm my own nightmare. Like, I'm such a history nerd, but I actually don't even know the first JHS pedal. It was one of three. <laughs> it was, it's like that thing where you're just busy, you know, and you're not, no one's sitting there going, hey, I should really think about this and take some pictures. I was doing it all kind of at the same time. I was modifying the Marshall Blues Breaker, which I'd used forever, did my own circuit board layout, and made the Morning Glory. I did the All-American around a Proco Rat, and I did the Pulp and Pill Compressor around a, a Dan Armstrong Orange Squeezer. And so those were all three kind of, in my memory, they're just in a blender. It's like basically probably, I mean... No, I know this for a fact. Within two weeks, those were all kind of done. Um, and I was going to try to sell them and see how that went, put up a really horrible website. People kept buying stuff. And it just kind of took off. Like I didn't – I never did a business plan or anything. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. 
I didn't so, realize the pulp and pill was one of the uh, one of the first pedals you did actually. Um, yeah, it's. I have some versions here that are really wild, like two knobs with a sticker on them, sharpie stuff nobody's ever seen. Because the pulp and pill got popular when it was actually made in some quantities. Like the version three is when we actually were able to make a lot of them and I had the circuit kind of really refined. There is a version one and a two and I probably only made 10 of each. I mean, they're so rare. Um, I was talking to George Tripps the other day, interviewing him for an episode about some line six stuff and he's talking about early way huge days. He just kind of, we had very similar, it was so cool to hear him because he's like, yeah, just be in my garage and I'd like tweak this thing and there's like one version two of this out there. And then I'd go to version three and I had a similar <laughs> thing where people have just never seen some of the stuff. Like there's, there's a morning glory that just has three knobs and it's in a big case. It has no toggles, nothing. And it's so rare. There might be four of those. Oh, wow. You know, did, yeah. did the uh, pulp and pill always have the XLR? Uh, on nope. It? No, uh-huh. that was with the XLR came, uh, just from learning more and honestly just getting a little carried away with, you, with the circuit. Do you buy any of them if they come up on Reverb or eBay, like your old early ones that you kind of let go and now you're like, oh, I've got obviously a bigger company and this is kind of your own piece of history, I guess, when you're like talking about other people. It's your own piece of history. Yeah, I have. I have. I have. um I have a couple search things that, you know, algorithms that look for stuff. Like you can go to Reverb or eBay and have it kind of watch for you. And I've recently, I had an old pedal called the Feedback Looper. I finally found one. You know, it's probably 50 ever made. There's stuff I'm looking for now that I, you know, there's just things that in the moment, you're just too busy and you don't care. And Mm. now it's funny. I go so deep into this history you know like the dod episode or something i'm on the phone with like four and five people stacks of notes and i'm trying to walk through the timelines of dates and people and i realize like i don't even know some of my own history and i've only been doing this for 11 years like, <laughs> like like that's really wacky so i've been trying to like there's that part of me the that part of me that's like the jhs pride like I want to make sure the story is straight one day, you know, if there's any other psychotic nerd like me out there trying to find details, I want to make it easy. Yeah. I, th- I think there's, cause that's the thing. I mean, there, there is, there are a couple of resources online that kind of list every pedal, but sometimes it is difficult to get like, it go, just going back to the DOD episode, it really kind of amazed me. Like some of the info that you pulled out that i just you know had no no idea on because it's just not anywhere it's not catalogued anywhere yeah. it just it just falls into oblivion i think with most companies yeah. you know those guys left you know when when i've been to japan and and asked about um certain things and oh that you know that engineer doesn't work here anymore he retired and that kind of history is just lost forever yeah yeah absolutely it's crazy you know the DOD, I'm I'm so excited for that episode because I feel like it was like I shifted gears towards more of that stuff. I did that one and it worked really well because there's a mix of research, connecting with the real people that did the thing, 
and then having the pedals. And I've done, the only thing similar was I did the Love Pedal, the History of Love Pedal, which is the English uh, brand. And I, Love Tone, sorry, I get them confused. It's hilarious. There's the American brand, but yeah, Love Tone. <laughs> I did Legend of Love Tone. So I did a similar thing where I'd never seen anyone play all of them and talk about every unit in the history of that company. And so I did that episode. Then I got to DOD. I'm working on the original Voodoo Lab series now, which is killer. Wow, that's I, cool. I did, yeah, like nobody knows how cool they are. Like it's such a shame. So go buy them all on Reverb and then I'm joking. <laughs> so I did BBE. And so a lot of what I'm going to try to do is, you know, capture these like moments in time. Like when I look at DOD, the Lamb series, that is like one of the biggest possible time capsules of the 1990s you can find. You look at those pedals and you see like skateboarders, punk rock, like it's the 90s. You know, you look at Love Tone and you see the 90s in Britain. You see like, yeah. it's so cool. I see yeah. these pedals as almost these like representations of an era. So I want to try to go through, I want to do the Dan Electro first series. I have some really fun ideas for the Marshall pedals, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is like capture these collections that people don't even realize are right in front of them. They're kind yeah, of, I mean, it. we, we did a similar thing probably about a year ago where uh, I got every single one of the Dan Electro food series because it reminded me of when I first started playing guitar. You know, yeah. and I'd go into the store and you'd see them in, in blister packs and you'd be like, oh. And then, you know, you just, you become a, you know, you get more into guitar and you work in a guitar shop around loads of high-end gear and you forget about these pedals. And yeah, it was kind of a fun mission to go and find them all. And actually, I realized that there's so much like Dan Electro stuff out there that you could, people just never touch. And you're just like, oh, actually, these are, like you say, these are amazing time capsules of a small snapshot yeah. in history. I love what you said, because it's like, that's where you connected with guitar in a special way. And that's what the show is doing for me. And I hope it does for other people. Like we get really hung up on like, man, I got to have this amp that's $7 million and this to do this. But really we just need to connect back with why we love guitar. And I think for a lot of us, it's these silly boxes that some of them are on reverb or eBay right now for 20 bucks, you know, and, and when you play it or you get it in your hand, you just want to play guitar. So ultimately, that to me is the plus. You know, there's there's these different, these things that we're missing, maybe. You were so oversaturated with the new JHS pedals and the new this pedal that, you know, what if we look back at some of this really cool stuff that's actually really good? And, you know, you just kind of love guitar again in that way you did when you were a teenager. That's at least what it is for me. And um, I guess that leads nicely on to maybe talking a little bit about the 1966 series that you just, you did. Yeah. yeah Which I guess yeah. is kind of, um, well, everything you just said, like distilled into, into a pedal, right? Yeah, the, the 66 series, it, it came from... Um, it really started when, so we have some footage where, um, we came over, we come to London about a week, a year and film. And a lot of the stuff we film, nobody's seen yet. It's, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do with some of it or the timing's not right on showing some of it. But I sat down and talked to 
um, Anthony Macari at Sola Sound, the Macari's Musical Exchange. Oh, and wow. So, That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, we have a two-hour interview with him. We have some amazing stuff. Um, and we're kind of, you know, it's tricky to figure out where to put certain things. But that kind of something happened in that discussion where I connected the dots of the tone bender 1.5, which is a really rare pedal and the Arbiter fuzz face, which was one. Then. And so I got in this, like this British brain thing happened to me. And I saw this crazy connection of all this stuff that happened in 1966. So the first pedal is 62. The first pedal is modified into the second production pedal in 65. That's the Tone Bender Mark One. In 66, there's a 1.5, a Mark Three. In 66, you get the Italian Tone Bender made in Italy. You get the Dallas Arbiter Rangemaster. So 66 was like this ripple in the water that got much bigger. You go from one effect, two effects, and then by 66, you end up with this really cool, like, thing is happening. Pedals are becoming really cool. It would be like you've seen a car, but everybody's riding a horse. And then all of a sudden, like half the people are driving cars. That was kind of like 1966, like pedals became a thing. And yeah, I just started noodling around with wanting to understand it more. So I went home, I started breadboarding the circuits. I was pretty familiar. Like I've done tone bender pedals in the past and, and fuzz face pedals, but I wanted to really play around with learning what the circuit's doing. Like you can, you can build a pedal and not really know how it works. And I've done that. And a lot of people do that and there's nothing wrong with it. It's fun, but I wanted to learn how it worked and connect those dots, the circuitry of those dots as well as, as well as the timeline and history. And I just got real into it and it was so fun. I was like, I'm going to do a small batch of these. And they sold out in four hours. I, I expected it to take 30 days because they were expensive. I mean, yeah, I did them at night. I did it like in my spare time, which is non-existent. And my kids, I taught my kids, they've been wanting to do stuff with me. So I was like, hey, I'm going to teach you to measure the gains and leakage of germanium transistors. And my <laughs> 10-year-old daughter's like, yeah. So that was really fun. Yeah, because and... I, I guess with those, like a tone bender's got like eight components in it right <laughs> yeah so, yeah i mean yeah it's got to be like carefully selected and well you you almost have to think about it more than yeah just oh, yeah following it's a schematic funny because and... you see a lot of comments like there's only like so many parts that's so easy those circuits will drive you mad like <laughs> the italian has to have such a specific gain and a bias you have to bias the transistor or the multimeter and get it locked right in at like you know 4.5 volts and it's really difficult and you'll and I'm, i remember i mean i've built pedals for years and i go down and i'm love and i'm loving this project but i had a couple nights where i was like i'm gonna stab the soldering iron through my eye like i cannot get this <laughs> pedal to bias <laughs> and yeah so they're difficult but it was so fun and just time consuming and so they had to be priced crazy but you know in next year i have a surprise that i can't speak of but it's going to be some really amazing vintage tribute pedals oh, awesome. and I can't, I can't say any more than that but there's a lot of people like hey make these more affordable it's like well i can't do that that defeats the point of the 66 series but I can 
and have and already did have something in the pipeline. Yeah, but I never dreamed the 66 stuff would be that successful. They've sold through batch two. They're in, I mean, I'm going to end up having to build two more batches probably before New Year's, which is like unbelievable <laughs> to me. The fact that people care that much is like so wild. Like, yeah, I feel like that's hope for guitar, you know, like people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they, they love this, these stories. They love it. Well, I think this this series, you know, and coupled with sort of your YouTube channel, has really harnessed kind of the inner nerd in a in a lot of guitarists and given them something that you know, as you say, they didn't otherwise have access to. All this history isn't well catalogued. This is a new thing to be nerdy about. So, uh, so it's uh, you know, yeah, great that yeah. you're offering that as a as a cool. solution. Um, now that actually brings us up to time on this week's episode of the Friday special. Wow. Uh, of guitars yeah i, I know i we, we can we can actually i i've got through about a quarter of the uh of, of the questions i was going to ask you which actually you know it, it's brilliantly segues me into sort of you know probably asking you if you'll come back on the show again at some point with us um but thanks very much uh josh for uh for coming on the show this week it's it's been great to have you on it's been super informative and super nerdy as i, I really hoped it would be yeah, I love this. I'd love to come back on the show. I love what you guys do. And yeah, maybe we can work something out when I cover some kind of weird, like DOD-esque story again. Maybe I can come on and talk through stuff that I don't have time to talk to on something. You guys get a hold of me and yeah, let's do yeah. something fun. That'd be that, fun. Sounds, that sounds fantastic. Now, listener, you can check out Josh and JHS Pedals on jhspedals.com and at youtube.com forward slash JHS Pedals. Of course, you already knew that. Uh, and you can join us on all the major so the major social media platforms or on Patreon at Guitar Nerds and the Guitar Nerds Club on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Well, that's it for uh, for the Sweetwater sponsored series of Friday specials, which means it is the end of the Friday specials for a little while. But we will be back very soon, probably with a new and exciting series of live podcasts host by uh, my podcast host rival Mark Packham um, and you can be a part of that simply by heading over to our Patreon and signing up for the dollar tier and for more of this guitar nerdery we'll see you next week, farewell When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.